God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing with your relationships with your best friends? Has life and so many other priorities reduced your friendships to text check-ins from time to time? How often do you make time for face-to-face conversation? Friendships are like plants. Even cactus and succulents need water from time to time. For a relationship to grow and thrive, it must be fed. How is your relationship with God these days? Have you made room in your schedule to speak with Him face to face? It's not like He's far away. Yet, so often, all the things of life drag us away from time with our Heavenly Father. How much time have you spent in the throne room today? Remember, you were made to sit there. It's your rightful place as a beloved child of God in whom He is well pleased. If you need a reminder to make time and build your relationship with God, give a listen. Last week, I was home again with another cold, unfortunately. And as I rested throughout the days, I was stuck there. Alarms on my phone rang out every two hours from 10.55 a.m., to 8.55 p.m. Many years ago, I had set these alarms to remind me to fellowship with God throughout a busy day. But after a couple of days with very little else going on, these prayer moments that have produced miracles in the past began to take on a somewhat superficial check-in flavor. Their original intent was for me to stop what I was doing during a busy day and turn for a moment to acknowledge the Father. I recognized that in a less busy atmosphere, there was a far different impact. And plus, being in a less-than-best mental state, being in the fog of a flu, my mind wasn't functioning at full capacity. But that didn't stop God from finally speaking to me, when at one moment of stopping an alarm and turning to acknowledge God, He showed me my superficiality, and there was a sadness in my heart. I felt something was missing, and that's when Papa told me to stop checking in and start having a conversation with him. Though the conversations I have with him throughout the day may not last a long time, my attitude towards the relationship was definitely corrected. It's not about dashing in and out. It's about living in the throne room. The kids of the kingdom can play and run about. From this heavenly room, they are never shut out. To be able to enter here, they have no doubt. They know it's their right to be in the throne room. But though it's their right, how long do they stay? How many times do they enter throughout the day? Will the business of life cause them to delay, to spend time with Abba in the throne room? Beloved children of God, we can take our royal seat. Assigned to us all, there's no reason to compete. It's where we chat with Abba in terms so sweet, sitting in his love seat in the throne room. Being an artist, I have tried many years ago to visually depict the throne of God. As I pondered what it might look like, my mind went to images of the thrones of the kings of men. 
gold and jewels and ornate carving came to mind to depict the greatness of the throne of heaven. But then it finally dawned on me, I was thinking of thrones of men and not the throne of the God of love. The throne of God is, as I said in the poem, a love seat. Love seats are made for two. They're nice and cozy. I imagine God's love seat is overstuffed. It is perhaps the colors used in the temple of red, blue, purple, and white. Perhaps a lamb is embroidered in the fabric in gold thread. And though from the throne of God, royal decrees and commands do come forth, it's where we've been made to sit, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, at the right hand of God. It's where we're supposed to chat with him. It's also a place of authority for us, but that's a different teaching. You can find that episode I did a couple months ago entitled, Seated. I'm now in the book of Numbers as I continue to read the Old Testament again. In the chapter I read this morning, it's the record where Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses and complain about Moses being the only spokesperson for God. It says that God heard it. Oops. We pick up the record in Numbers chapter 12 in verse 5. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God calls Moses his servant twice. And he says he doesn't speak to him in visions or dreams, but mouth to mouth. In Exodus 33, there is another description of the relationship between Moses and God in the first phrase of Exodus 33, verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. As close as Moses was to God, he still had a visitation relationship with God. The Spirit of the Lord was only upon Moses. God now dwells within us, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Israel waited for God to show up at the tabernacle. They waited for him to visit. And when God was done talking with them, he left. But now God inhabits us. He's always around. You don't even need a phone to talk with him. Simply open up your heart and your mouth and start speaking. We have a couple ways to communicate with Papa, and they're spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Verse 15, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. In the context of 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul is talking about how to speak in tongues in the church. Speaking in tongues in the setting of the church 
outside of a worship service of singing praise in the Spirit, should always be interpreted. But in our private prayer life, we can either pray with the Spirit or with our understanding. It says in verse 16 that when we speak in tongues, we are giving thanks well. I don't think we could ever thank God enough for all that he has done for us. That is definitely one part of the conversation that we should be having with Abba throughout the day. And at times, we all have no clue what to say, and that is the greatness of speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit speaks for us the things which we cannot utter. Then there are times we just need to pour out our heart to Papa on what's going on in our lives. When you consider the Psalms and the diversity of subjects and means by which the psalmist wrote, we quickly see there's nothing we can't talk about with Abba. Let's look at an example in Psalm 5, starting in verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. There are several things to learn from this example. First, David asked God to hear his words and consider his meditation. Meditation literally is a musing or a murmuring. It is the depth of our heart speaking out to God. It is not the repetition of vain words or phrases. Next, David repeats his request to be heard. He describes his communication as a cry. There's a bit of effort David is putting into getting God's attention. And he says very clearly that it is to God to whom he is praying. I can imagine him saying in a Brooklyn accent, I'm talking to you. I'm not sure if verse 3 is a warning, but he says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer and will look up. Twice he tells God, I'm coming to talk with you in the morning. I've got stuff to talk about with you. David is being very intentional about spending time with God. How does your God time schedule look like? Do you have alarms on your phone to remind you to speak with him and spend time with him? Look at this example of spending time with God in Psalm 25, verse 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. There's a great resource to learn about having a constant conversation with God in the booklet by Brother Lawrence entitled Practicing the Presence of God. You can download it for free as a PDF or buy a paperback copy. It's a series of letters that a monk named Brother Lawrence sent to a friend of his. Brother Lawrence was born in 1605 and lived to be over 90 years old. In his time in the monastery, there were dedicated times of prayer, but his attitude was to have a continuous conversation with God throughout the day. He shunned anything that took him away from his time of speaking to his Heavenly Father. I recognize that living in a monastery can give you a sheltered and less distracted lifestyle, but there's no reason 
We cannot adopt such an intentional attitude towards our relationship with Abba. When we become awestruck by the grace and goodness of God, when we are stunned at his mercy in our lives, spending time with him is never a chore. The end of chapter 6 of Matthew speaks about what we think about in reference to serving God and the things of this world. The type of thinking it is speaking of is being anxious. What will we eat or drink or what will we wear? Jesus takes several verses to show how God takes care of the little things all about us. He speaks about feeding the birds of the air. He speaks about our lack of ability to grow a foot by thinking about it. Usually anxious thinking causes us to shrink though. Anyway, And then Jesus talks about the beauty of the lilies of the field and how God makes them so beautiful. Then Jesus asks this question in verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God's got everything covered, quite literally. So what is it that is so important that it takes away time from spending with our Heavenly Father? The conclusion Jesus comes to is found in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Where are your priorities? What is it you're looking for in life? We've been given the awesome privilege to enter into a personal relationship with God Almighty. And that can begin or continue anytime you walk into the throne room. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This verse has become my favorite verse in the Old Testament. What is the desire of your heart that will cause you to seek it out? And where is it that we will live all the days of our lives? And what is it that we want to put before our eyes, and where will we go to learn? This verse helps me set my priorities. Why don't you meditate upon this verse today, repeating it over and over again within your heart and out loud? It will definitely help you set your priorities straight. Beloved children of God, we can take our royal seat Assigned to us all, there's no reason to compete. It's where we chat with Abba in terms so sweet, sitting in his love seat in the throne room. I always look forward to reading your comments on my Facebook page, Yesterday Ended, or you can email me at dmdobbin at sbcglobal.net. God bless you and have a wonderful day.